Hey there, folks. How's it going? My name is Ethan Lee. I am the host of the Maroon and White Audible. This is the Maroon and White Audible. Um, I'm also the site expert over at Maroon and White Nation, which is Mississippi State's uh, fan-sided site, or, well, rather, fan-sided Mississippi State site. It's fan-sided is the group that makes all of this possible. Um, they help set up everything with this podcast, with the site, and you should pretty much just go check out Fansided right now if you haven't already. Um, and you're in a place to do so if you're driving right now. Do not go check out Fansided. Um, wait till you are not driving, and then be smart about it. Um, but on today's episode of the Maroon White Audible, we're going to talk about Mississippi State's theoretical path to 10 wins that some people don't even think is a thing, but is, is definitely a viable path. Um, it's difficult, it's not easy, but we're going to get into that later. Uh, we're going to talk about SEC Media Days because that, that is starting now, today as you are listening, or, well, it's going on the week that this is coming up. So we're also going to talk about the SEC Network Takeover, which is happening later this month. Um, and then we're just going to go over some some genius moves that John Cohen has made in recent times. Um, he's made a lot of good moves, and, well, he's made some pretty good ones lately. Uh, we're going to specifically talk about something that he just did recently that is going to be very beneficial to all of Mississippi State athletics. So, but starting with the biggest topic, starting with the biggest thing, and all of these are going to be their own segments, their own episodes. I'm going to like break these down in other episodes too, essentially, to where if you just want to listen to one of these things, you can go find it as one of these things. You can find it on iTunes, you can find it on Spreaker, you can find it on Google Play. They're all there. But the first thing we're going to talk about today is Mississippi State's theoretical path to 10 wins. Um, one thing we've heard pretty heavily this offseason is that Mississippi State has no path to 10 wins. There is no way for the Bulldogs to win 10 games. Um, and and that's, that's not true. You've got folks like Brandon Marcello coming out here and saying, or Brandon Marcello, I don't. We've gone over how I'm not great with names and pronunciations. Yeah, but this guy who used to be a Mississippi State beat writer is now writing about the Auburn Tigers, went to Arkansas, I think, um, is talking about how Mississippi State, the Bulldogs, are only going to win seven or eight games, and that the fans of Mississippi State should be happy with that. And his, I think the core of his reasoning had to do with how um, Dan Mullen is a proven coach, is a good coach, and Joe Moorhead, although a good coach, is not as good of a coach. That, that's a whole other discussion. Um, and several other media members have said it's not possible for Mississippi State to win 10 games this year. And I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say that it is going to be a thing that absolutely happens. But it's definitely possible. Mississippi State bringing back a lot. A lot next year. Um, I want to say it's 17, 18 starters. You've got a team that is loaded up front in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You've got an experienced, experienced kicker coming back, an experienced, very experienced quarterback coming back who is very talented. There's a lot of a lot to be happy about with Mississippi State this coming season. 
but we're specifically talking about specifically talking about um, Mississippi State's theoretical path to 10 wins, and we're going to talk about that through ESPN's Football Power Index. For those of you that don't know, the FPI, uh, the Football Power Index, is this way of that a lot of statisticians, mathematicians, have gone through, looked at various different factors, and calculate out the sort of chance to win a game and the chance to win how many games and the chance to win, you know, out and the schedule or the strength of schedule, how that ranks. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into this. I don't know all of the factors, but it goes over like the efficiencies in offense, defense, special teams, overall efficiencies. And it talks about like how strong the record is their overall, you know, con game control, the adjusted win probability, average win probability. And it breaks down all of this through a multitude of factors that go into this. Breaks down factors from last season going into this next season, and that's how they get these predictions. Um, so, for example, the first game of the year, Mississippi State, per ESPN's FPI, has a 99.7% chance to win against the Stephen F. Austin State Lumberjacks. That does not guarantee that Mississippi State will win this game. It just says that the Bulldogs, 99, I want to say, what is it, like 99.7% um, of the time they, they win that game and like all their calculations. Let me see. Does it break that down? No, it doesn't. Hmm. Okay, so no, team's projected win percentage end game is based on each team's current FPI, game location, and game type. So, Mississippi State, projected to win this game, has 99.7% chance to win this game. That's pretty good. And that's not basing it off like 100 simulations or anything, that's not basing it off 1,000 simulations, to my understanding. My understanding is it's calculating out how strong each team is on a multitude of factors, and is projecting that the Bulldogs have a 99.7% chance of winning. And as you see, as you could hear, I went and checked their glossary just to verify that I was telling you the right thing. Um, and I'm going to go over my predictions for what's going to happen later. This is not like an accurate prediction because things change. Things change throughout the season. Injuries happen. Um, players are like people. Not players are like people. Players are people. And things will happen in the brains of people to where things are very dynamic throughout a college football season. And unless you're Alabama or Ohio State or Oklahoma or, or one of these dominant um, teams, you can't just say, oh yeah, th these are the games definitively that you were definitely going to win, you're going to win out. It's very hard to do this um, with teams that are somewhere in the middle. But... Mississippi State bringing back a lot. Um, FPI really likes them this year. I want to go over uh, Bill Connolly's Mathematics S&P Plus because he does his own system of analyzing and breaking things down, and it's really, really good too. Um, but ESPN's FPI, we're going to go through this. We're going to go through Mississippi State's path to 10 wins, um, and it's, it's a very real chance that the Bulldogs win 10 games this year. Not going to say it's going to happen, but we're, let's let's just walk through this. I'm babbling way too much. Um, okay. 
looking at you know games that Mississippi State should definitely win. That is games that are 75% chance of winning and better. Okay? So that is Stephen F. Austin. That is Louisiana Lafayette. That is at Kentucky. That is... Keep going, keep going. There we go. Scroll down. Louisiana Tech. And that's Arkansas. That's five games right there. Um, Kentucky's the lowest percentage there with 78.2. But that that is five games right there. And then we're going to go ahead and discuss games that Mississippi State, based off these projections alone, should definitely lose, and that's games below 50%. We're just going to go ahead and regard games below 50% as games that Mississippi State will definitely lose, just for the sake of this argument. And that would be Auburn, the Bulldogs hosting Auburn and Starkville, and that's Alabama. Um, Mississippi State has a 42.1% chance of beating Auburn. You could probably argue that that's a bit of a coin flip, that that game could go either way. Um, but just for the sake of this argument, we're going to regard it as a loss. And going to Tuscaloosa to beat Alabama, that's, that's, uh, that's difficult, is, is putting it nicely. Um, we're just going to go ahead. That game itself is a loss. You've got a 20.9% chance per FPI to beat them. We're not going to count that even remotely as a win. Um, and then, so you, you've got a 5-2 and two record looking at those two polar extremes. Now we're going to go into games somewhere in the middle. And these, this next five games, yeah, it's five. So you got a 5-2 and two record. That's seven games. There's five left. That could, some of them probably go either way. Some of them definitively still should be a win. Um, but we're just going to walk through them real quick. We are going to go with, what is it? Most likely to win to least likely. So that is Kansas State with 69.3%. Nice. Um, going into Manhattan, Kansas, not an easy thing to do. It's not all that impossible, though, and the Bulldogs have played in tougher stadiums before. Um, it's, the second, it's the second week of the season. That's a sneaky tough game, but that, that is a game that Mississippi State should still win, despite it being sneaky tough. Um, so that's 6-2. and two. Let's go down to... Florida. The Florida Gators come to Starkville on September 29th, and according to ESPN's FPI, there is a 66.3% chance of winning that game. That is a game where Dan Mullen is bringing his team back to town, and he's he's not he's not leading the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So there's a lot of emotion that can go into this game. Um, and I, I skipped a team that we'll talk about in a minute that there's going to be a lot of emotion attached to. But this is a game that Mississippi State should win. This is a game where Mississippi State is the better team, just like in the Kansas State game. Mississippi State is the better team. The Bulldogs should win here, too. It's not far-fetched to say that Mississippi State's going to win those two games. And that puts the Bulldogs at 7-2. That was pretty good. Um, keep going. You look at you know the other game that I mentioned that there's a lot of emotion attached to, and I actually missed this in the percentage because I thought they were a little bit lower. But the Bulldogs have a 67.8% chance to beat Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl in Oxford Thanksgiving night. And I, I actually like those odds. I like what the team has coming back this year. I like what Mississippi State is bringing into Oxford. All of that emotion coming from last year's Egg Bowl loss going into this year's Egg Bowl. 
Um, there is a major revenge factor for how that game ended and how the season ended. There is a major revenge factor for the injury that happened in that game, be it, you know, intentional or not, there's going to be a lot of emotion attached to that and a lot of, a lot of anger. And I would expect Mississippi State to win unless they just get a little too ramped up. Um, and then you start looking at games that are a little bit closer to being coin flip games, although not necessarily coin flips. You've got Texas A&M and LSU. A&M, Mississippi State is favored over the Aggies, 62% here, against the LSU Tigers in Death Valley, 59.6%. So, as a whole, those two games will be difficult. They are back-to-back, um, but these are two games that Mississippi State can and should win. And so, that that is your path to getting 10-2. Not saying that that's going to happen. I think there is a chance that Mississippi State slips up somewhere against like LSU or A&M. Um, I think Arkansas is like a prime, prime trap game for the Bulldogs, even though I think Mississippi State notably better than Arkansas. Um, I think Kansas State's a very intriguing team that I don't know if the numbers are matching up with how good uh, Bill Snyder is at developing teams, teams that take like three years to develop, and then they're really good. So there's a lot of things going in here. These are not my predictions. These are not my projections of like, okay, this will happen. These are just me, you know, going through ESPN's FPI, going through these projections uh, of like projected results. Let's put it that way. Um, and even ESPN's FPI, it adds up all of those percentages that we just went over and then comes out with a win-loss total based off like, you know, I want to say if you add up all of those percentages, you get, what is 840-something? I did this math at one point. Um, and then they just move a couple of decimals, and they, they have your win-loss total. And projected win-loss for Mississippi State, based off this FPI, is 8.4 wins, 3.7 losses. And you got some numbers that are around it. it, it that doesn't matter. But as a whole, ESPN's FPI is favoring Mississippi State in 10 games. There is a path there for Mississippi State to win 10 games. Doesn't mean Mississippi State will. Um, I think the Bulldogs should be heavily favored in a lot of those games. But I think there's going to be a few possible slip-ups um, that could become problems. I think there's going to be games like the Arkansas game that, that might be interesting. We'll talk more about that one specifically later. Um, the Florida game, the Ole Miss game, there's going to be a lot of emotion attached to that. And then alternative, you know, talking from this from the other perspective of you bring Auburn into town and State kind of probably wants to beat Auburn a lot because of what happened last year and then the year before. So there's a chance that Mississippi State could beat Auburn. So a lot of these games could theoretically go either way. Um, but to say that Mississippi State's definitely only winning somewhere between five and seven games, as some Oklahoma fans have said, and as some Auburn beat writer fans, Auburn beat writers and then some fans have said, not to imply that uh, Brandon Marcello, Brandon Marcello, however you pronounce his name, I'm not good with names, um, not to imply that he's a fan of Auburn, but just, because I don't, I thought he went to Arkansas. I think he went to Arkansas. Again, doesn't matter. Um, but Mississippi State has a chance. 
they have a realistic shot at getting to 10, 10 wins this year. There's a lot of numbers that back this up that I cannot explain. Um, but when you've got teams like Florida, Auburn, um, yeah, Florida and Auburn coming to town, A&M coming to town, that, that was the, there we go, that was the third I was looking for. You've got LSU still trying to find a quarterback, and they're being coached by Ed Orgeron. You've got your road trips being Kentucky, Kansas State, um, LSU, which we just talked about, Alabama and Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Kansas State aren't really imposing teams right now. Ole Miss through the air, but like that's, yeah. Kentucky's not all that impressive. They were not all that impressive a year ago. Kansas State's a team that does take some developing, just like Mississippi State, but to a lesser degree and with less talent. So it's not unreasonable to say that Mississippi State can win 10 games. Going to continue to repeat that until Mississippi State probably wins nine games this season. Um, if I had to guess, the Bulldogs are probably going to win nine. Um, and we'll go through, at a later date, we will go through those predictions. Um, but yeah, don't be totally shocked and totally surprised if Mississippi State goes 10 and 2 this year. But uh, also, maybe don't, don't bet the house on it. I don't know. So that, that's, that's what I've got about that one. Um, moving into this next topic, players attending SEC Media Days and SEC Media Days Preview. Depending on when you're listening to this, it, it, um, you may not need an SEC Media Days Preview, but SEC Media Days are right in front of us as I record this um, at 10.25 p.m. at night. I've got work in the morning. This is great. Um, but SEC Media Days starts sometime in the morning? Afternoon? I don't know. For the first time since, like, 1980s when this thing started, it is not in Birmingham. It is not at its home. Its new home, it, it got moved over, state lines, over to Atlanta. Monday, July 16th, which is probably when you're listening to this, if I had to guess. You've got Kentucky, LSU, and A&M all showing up. That they get this whole thing started, this whole shindig. And for those of you that don't know what SEC Media Days is, I've never actually gotten the, uh, I guess you could call it a pleasure, of attending. But it is a, an enormous, ridiculous shindig that involves a whole bunch of people. A um, whole bunch of fans just show up. And, and you've got media members too, and some media fan folks that all show up, they all come to talk about and listen to players and coaches talk about their schools. Um, you'll have folks, I think Stingray was there a couple years ago. Folks like Stingray, who are fans that get these huge platforms, they will show up. Um, you've got legitimate media members showing up too. And then, who else? A whole, whole bunch of interesting individuals. Um, there's an Alabama fan that likes to wear, like, a ring hat thing. It's kind of weird. Um, but Monday, July 16th, you've got Kentucky, LSU, and A&M. Tuesday, July 17th, you've got Arkansas, you've got Florida, you've got Georgia, and then Ole Miss. Wednesday, you've got Alabama, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Tennessee. And then on to Thursday, closing the thing out, you've got Auburn, here we go. South Carolina and then Vanderbilt. 
for Mississippi State going this year, this this week. Um, yeah, Nick Fitzgerald, Gary Green, and then Mark McLaurin. I'm a little surprised that Montez Sweat's not that third guy, um, but with Nick Fitzgerald and then Gary Green both being captains going into the season, they're definite. Mark McLaurin was a star last season. It, you you can make a definite argument for him to be there over a lot of guys. Um, I have heard some fans and other podcast hosts say that they wanted Jeffrey Simmons there. Given the controversy that was around him just, what was it, two SEC media days ago? It's, it's, it's smart not to have him there, and that's totally fine. He's really cleaned up his image. He's stayed clean off the field since then, since being at Mississippi State. But it, it's still, it, it's it's probably for the best. Um, Nick Fitzgerald going, he's got an opportunity to really show, you know, this is what Mississippi State is going into this next season. And Gary Green and Mark McLaurin can certainly do that for your defense. You've got your leading tackler in Mark McLaurin. Um, leading pass defender guy that led you in interceptions. Um, the Gary Green had, what was it, like 12 tackles for loss? Somewhere between 10 and 12 tackles for loss a season ago. So it might be, honestly, 11. Um, get your leader on offense, and you get two of your leaders on defense. And honestly, if we're talking about like leaders on defense, this team has quite a few leaders on defense. So for Mark McLaurin to be the third guy rounding this out makes a lot of sense. Um, other interesting notes, only like half the teams are sending their quarterback. Granted, like half the teams in the SEC still trying to probably figure out who their quarterback is and whether or not he's going to be any good. Um, so that's totally fair, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to me that the state of SEC offenses, uh, is probably... Probably very different than what it was last year. Um, defenses might be back. That's that's kind of cool. Um, completely different note. Talking about the SEC still is the SEC Network takeover, and that is a thing that is happening later this month. It's um, a pretty cool thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not selling this well. I'm trying to write down something real quick. There we go. Uh, that'll work. Okay, so the SEC Network Takeover, it is essentially, for those that don't know what the SEC Network is, it is a, if the U.S. were North Korea, or, well, no, if the SEC was North Korea, let's get this analogy right. If the SEC was North Korea, um... The SEC Network is the state-run media. That is where the SEC has a contract with ESPN to produce all of this content that is specifically about the SEC and is is built to put the SEC in the best light possible. Um, it is essentially doing everything it can to make Mississippi State look as good or well the Mississippi State SEC Network takeover is doing everything it can to make Mississippi State look as good as possible. When Ole Miss takes over the SEC Network, it will do everything it can to make the uh, Ole Miss Rebels look as good as possible. 
when, let me, let me find it real quick. You know, it, this goes with all of the teams in the SEC. It's not going to be anything that is all that surprising, to be completely honest. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Where is the, I can't find the TV schedule for it. Mississippi State, I don't know, hasn't released a full TV schedule, but I was trying to find the 2018. Maybe this website will have it. No, I don't want, see the thing is I keep finding all these other teams, and then I'll find all these other years. Okay, here we go. So, the SEC Network Takeover schedule starts July 23rd with Georgia. So that day, there will be 24 hours of Georgia propaganda, or just like Georgia games, or Ge everything to possibly make Georgia look in the best light possible. Um, the first two events that I see on this SEC sports page is that Georgia is showing off the um, their 2018 NCAA Indoor and Outdoor Track and Field Championships. They are showing off the 2018 Rose Bowl for Oklahoma. Two things that are very high profile. Hey, look at Georgia. We are looking good. And that, that is what they're showing. Alabama is July 24th doing the same sort of thing. And none of these teams are ever going to showcase like a loss or anything that puts them in a bad light. Um, so you've got everything from like the uh, Ole Miss is doing the SEC Inside 2018 SEC Baseball Tournament, where they go and win the tournament. Like, that is something that is supposed to make them look good. And, you know, does. Uh, and I'm showing the 2011 Women's Basketball Championship versus Baylor. You, you get the idea. Um, there's some teams that are going to show, like, stuff from the 80s. You're going to do some SEC storied. LSU's doing their SEC storied about Pistol Pete Maravich. Um, oh, dang it, South Carolina. South Carolina's doing the Women's Basketball Game between South Carolina and Mississippi State. I want to say in the SEC tournament, that sucked. So you, you've got stuff like that. Um, and Mississippi State, again, hasn't released a full schedule for that. But they have released that they will do at least two events in those 24 hours. And that is the 2017 NCAA Women's Basketball Semifinal versus UConn. And then the 2018 Baseball Super Regional versus Vanderbilt. And so, if I had to, if I had to guess based off pre previous strategies, uh, previous schedules, um, they're going to do everything they can to showcase um, the entire athletic department. It's what they've done in previous years, as best as they can. They're going to go for some historical angles, but also some recent big ones, um, <laughs> based off like the win over UConn, and then the the Final Four win over UConn. And then the, the 2018 um, Baseball Super Regional. If I had to guess, they're going to have the Final Four win over uh, Louis, who's it, Louisville? Yeah, if they're going to do another one from this year. Um, for women's basketball. <laughs> the, the, the win over Louisville from this past year. There's quite a few wins from Louisville over this past year. The football team, uh, the Gator Bowl might get showcased. I doubt it, though. Or the Tax Slayer Bowl, whatever it is. Um, I don't know, because as of recording this, they haven't released anything. But if I were to look, let me look at some of their previous SEC Network takeovers. Because I know I, I life-blogged one of them, and that, uh, that hurt my brain, I'm trying to stay up. And I actually got physically sick 
from that. So I was sick. No, I, w I stayed up that night until like 3 a.m. or whatever, 4 a.m. And then went to sleep, got a couple hours of sleep, got up again at like 5 or 6. Stayed up pretty much all day. Then went to work. Then came home and was watching basketball with my family, the, like the men's basketball stuff. They were showing towards the end of the, the thing. And then was feeling physically ill, and I think the next two days I was sick. So, that's what we're talking about with the SEC Network Takeover. They're showing all sorts of stuff. Um, but let me see if I can find the schedule from last year. Oh, here we go. Okay, so they started off with... Is this Yeah, this is July 12th, 2017 that they uh, did this one. Um... They showed the Thunder and Lightning SEC story. They showed the volleyball win over Ole Miss. They showed um, the at 3 a.m. They showed the 1999 Egg Bowl. At 5 a.m. They showed softball win over Ole er, versus Alabama. 7 a.m. They did baseball against Ole Miss. And so that's the kind of thing you're going to be getting um, during the middle of the day. They're probably going to do some football notable wins, and then going into the end of the night, they're going to show like some, some really big stuff towards the end. Um, not that all of this isn't really big stuff, but they're going to try to showcase as much of the athletic department as possible. I know Ole Miss last year showed like 20 or whatever it was of their own in-house production documentary sort of things that's built to show like every single team. And that was, that was interesting from regard, but it got a little old because fans want to see notable wins. Um, last year, Mississippi State's uh, like football win against Michigan in the 2011 Gator Bowl. That was something they showed at 11 a.m. That is something that fans like to see. So, I don't know. The SEC Network takeover is always a fun time. Um, I'm always intrigued by people that like try to live tweet or live blog theirs because I've done that before and it is it's painful. But not painful in a bad way, just physically horrendously awful. So, now the last topic of the day is John Cohen's brilliance. And a lot of people have talked about this from a whole bunch of different angles. But I'm going to talk about it from a, uh, a money perspective. And I'm not talking about contracts, because the contract for Chris Limonis, you didn't have to pay him a whole bunch. That's pretty great. I'm not talking about the contract for um, Vic Schaefer, because he absolutely deserved that. I'm not talking about the, you know, not having to pay Dan Mullen to leave, or um, my understanding is he didn't even have to pay Andy Canizar to leave. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about any of, like, assistant coaching salaries or anything like that. I'm talking about... John Cohen's brilliance when it comes to money, when it comes to me only having to pay $2 for a bottle of water. <laughs> and that is finally a good price to pay for a bottle of water. Oh, man. Mississippi State finally reduced prices at concession stands. I didn't know if they were ever going to reduce them. I was hoping that they might. At one point, I thought they'd start charging us tickets for men, like the students, when I say us, the, the students, tickets for men and women's basketball games. Just because of the trend of all the prices going up, 
prices for tickets going up at uh, football games. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but for the 2018-2019 athletic year, the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs have cut prices for concessions, and it is fantastic. You look at... Where are we at? Um, a bottled soda. Apparently used to cost four bucks. Now will cost two. Here's the chart. Where's the chart? There's the chart. Okay. If you want 22 ounces of stadium cup soda, which let's be honest here, they put a lot of ice in those cups. Um, you used to pay five bucks for it. That's, that's a lot of money for a lot of ice. But now you're only paying three, which fairly reasonable deal. Um, hot dogs are $2 now. They used to be 5 bucks. So if you wanted a hot dog and a soda, you were paying 10 bucks. And my understanding, unless they had some sort of deal that I don't remember. Um, the, like the most ridiculous price on here was for Little Caesars Pizza. It was 9 bucks. Now it's only 6 So it goes to $6 from $9, which is very nice. Um... Pretzels, you were paying five bucks previously. Now you only got to pay two. That's fantastic. They've got a chicken tenders combo that was eight bucks. Was not worth eight bucks. I don't know that it's worth five, but that's what you're paying now. You're paying five dollars for that. I don't know what barbecue buns are. I, I, I don't. What are barbecue buns? But they were five and now they're three. So Mississippi State as a whole across all sports... For everything, they have slashed prices on concessions. And I've taken economics courses before. I wasn't the best at those economics courses. You could ask my professors. Um, there was one night where I was staying up late to try to study. It was like a Monday night going into Tuesday morning. Because my test was on Thursday morning at like 8 a.m. And... I get to about 3 a.m. on that Tuesday morning, um, and I'm about to go to bed. I, I studied kind of as best I could, and I looked at the my exam schedule just to figure out where it was on Thursday, because I thought my exam was on Thursday, and it was on Tuesday at 8 a.m., and I had five hours, and that's when I realized I hadn't studied anywhere near enough. So again... I was not the best economics student, just wasn't. But my understanding of economics is that more than likely, a lot more people are going to buy water. A lot more people are going to buy sodas. A lot more people are going to buy hot dogs now. And so even though, yeah, they're theoretically losing money just by cutting prices, assuming the number of sales stays, stays the same, more than likely, the number of sales are going to jump quite a bit. And I'm willing to bet that John Cohen and his athletic department, because this may not have been John Cohen's decision, more than likely he had to prove it, but this is not going to lose anybody any revenue, if I had to guess. This is going to be gaining money for Mississippi State. And it makes games more affordable. I'm not going to say, like, totally affordable for families of five or anything like that. But it, it makes it more affordable. It makes it easier. And this will endear you. Little moves like this will endear you to a fan base. Um, endear a fan base to you? Oh, whatever. 
the fan bases are going to going to like you more if you save them money. And no, it's not a radical change of like how much money you spend for a game. Yes, you are still having to tr you know travel and pay and buy and spend a lot of money in a, a weekend to go visit a football game. Um, but it makes it a little bit more doable. It'll make opposing fans more likely to travel to your stadium if they see that they're not having to pay $9 for a uh, Little Caesars pizza. I don't know if that'll be the big selling point, but it helps. It can't hurt you. Nobody's going to say, oh, well, I wanted to pay $7 for that 44-ounce stadium cup soda, which at this point, since more people are probably going to be buying sodas, those stacks of cups that you'll see like freshmen having walking out with and, and like drunk 50-year-old dudes walking out with, those stacks of cups are only going to be taller. More people can take more cups at the cup rush at the end of games. Think about how many cups we are going to have in our cabinets. Brilliant, John Cohen. Just, just brilliant. I'm glad you thought of all of the cups that I can now collect the next time I come to a Mississippi State football game. I appreciate it because I don't have a press pass and I want a press pass. Anyway, um, John Cohen, congrats to being Ethan Lee's favorite athletic director in 2018. Um, I know that's not a hard competition. I don't, I don't know of many athletic directors. Um, but hey, you know, you're, you're doing great. You're doing really great. I'm gonna try and make a plaque if you want a plaque. I don't know if you want a plaque, but yeah. So that is, that is the end of this Myrna Wet Audible. Um, that's all I've really got for you. I will have another episode coming out later this week. Um, Starting, well, next week I'm out of town, but starting soon, I'm going to start breaking down um, all of the opponents on Mississippi State schedule, and then later on this, this offseason, closing in on, like, after the wedding, so things are hectic right now. Sometime after, before and after the wedding and honeymoon, I'm not doing this podcast on my honeymoon, I'm sorry guys, but... Um, we're going to start looking at all of the SEC schools. We're going to just go through all of their schedules and predict it. I'm going to need a lot of printer paper because I write all my notes on printer paper when I do these shows. So, yeah, that's what I've got. I appreciate y'all listening. Thanks for tuning in to me uh, babbling for 38 minutes. Oh, almost 39 minutes. Um, y'all have a good one. Bye. <laughs>